Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download at www.audibletrial.com backslash The Gamers Advocate. The Gamers Advocate. Target acquired. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 17 of the Gamer's Advocate. I'm one of your hosts, Adam. I'm the Incredible Bulk. What? I'm Jack. (laughs) (laughs) So, anywho, uh, what have you guys been up to? Tomb Raider. I thought you said you haven't played that much. Uh, I've played some. <laughs> Title screen, downloading, yeah. installing it. Uh, I saw a ship. She was on it. Are you, is there a ship in the tombs? What do you raid in these No, actually, things? I'm about an hour and a half, two hours into it. Tomb Raider is incredible. It is awesome. game is so good. I think Jack has it, but it's still wrapped in lovely plastic yeah. or something. It's actually in the Walmart bag with the receipt. <laughs> oh, my God. Still crisply on, wrapped on my uh, table. Is that what you call them? You went into Walmart on purpose. I did go into Walmart. I enjoyed it. It was right. Wasn't it like water falling down from the ceiling? It was right after we got that giant snowstorm. If you're here in the in the northeast, we get or east or what are we Midwest? We're in the Rust Belt. We're in Ohio. We're in Ohio. All right, that narrows it down for everybody. It was like, (laughs) give me a globe. I'm not sure where Jack is, but we're in Ohio. Give me a globe. Anyways, I put a globe on my bicycle, and I called it a GPS. Nice. That right. explains where you don't know where you are. Oh, yeah, right. Okay, that wasn't very funny. But anyways, um, I was in Walmart, and the people watching is awesome. Let me just say that. Welcome to Portugal. Long. It was very good. But um, there was water coming in because all the snow, and I think it was almost collapsing the roof. There was, like, water coming in everywhere, actually. And I kind of awesome. got scared, and I'm like, I kind of have to leave, so that's... That was my fun adventure. That was my rating of tombs. <laughs> so you got just to do getting it for the real. game and then like running out of there with a gallon of milk. And you, you still haven't played any of it, huh? When was this? Uh, it was Wednesday. You, almost a week, and you haven't played anything. I haven't touched anything. I actually my my game. I was asking a buddy of mine like what my status says on Xbox Live. It just says offline. It doesn't it does. even list the the amount of time I've been on there because I haven't been on there at all because I had to move. And then I also, yeah, I had to be sick. I think if you unplug it from the internet source, it shows up offline app for, until it, it can't like come back ping your system or something. Yeah. They're like trying to track me. Yeah. That's what you're saying. Yeah, you're like the born identity. Yeah, good luck trying to find me. I'm way off the grid. Hello. Yeah, but let's let's just kick <laughs> Jack out of the room. He's for a on while. his neighbor's grid now. Yeah, he is <laughs> stealing Wi-Fi. <laughs> um, I believe the fifth. <laughs> yeah, so let's talk to someone who actually did play it. Bill, are you liking it so far? Love it, love it, love it. It yeah, is awesome. Um, graphics, top-notch. Uh, the the main character, the voice acting and stuff, fantastic. But, oh, man, I feel bad for the poor girl. It is brutal. And I really have not seen anyone get up, get beat up this much in a game in, I don't know, ever. I mean, Nathan Drake gets beat up a lot and some other people, but this poor Lara Croft. Some of the ways she can die is, I'm, I'll <laughs> yeah, be honest, I've done a couple of them on purpose just because I couldn't stop laughing. Yeah, that's that's definitely true, but... It gets pretty serious pretty quick. I mean, yeah, Lara. I mean, if you haven't been up to date on the new Tomb Raider reboot, it's that's what it is. It's a reboot. It's starting when Lara, I think she's seventeen or something, and she's on her first expedition just out of university, and she's gets hit by a storm. She's on some boat, gets stranded, and she's on some island that you know what, it's kind of similar to Lost. I'm not gonna lie, because <laughs> there's like mysteries, but you're not really sure what's going on. The storms and people of, try to kill them. Storms one of many things that hit her. Jeez. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's crazy, but the game is very it's it's open world in certain areas. It's not like a whole open world where you can go wherever you want, but there's certain areas where you can explore and find artifacts and tombs and then different documents from the Japanese war and all this stuff. It's it's really fun to explore because it's different from Uncharted, yeah. where Uncharted's kind of like, oh, go straight through this path and shoot people. It has all that, but then you can like stop and smell the roses and it, go it, find stuff. It kind of reminds me of a cross between Uncharted and Far Cry in yeah, a way, oh, very, very because there is hunting, good upgrades that you can do. Um, and you it just does have like zones or something. Is that what it is? It's not like I mean, it is zones. Like you're going 
on a certain path through the game, and there's different base camps where you can fast travel, and then there's a whole area you can explore. And it's actually really nice because it tells you how many collectibles are in certain areas, and then you can find maps so you can find them, so it's much easier to find all the good stuff. Oh, I haven't used my maps, like, at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's very useful. I did find one tomb. It was sweet. That's a pro tip. Yeah, but it's it's a really fun game. It's very, very entertaining, very awesome. Semi-pro tip. <laughs> Semi-pro tip, yeah, really. <laughs> I highly, highly recommend it. It's definitely the best game of the year so far, for me at least. I mean, there's been a lot of good ones, but Tomb Raider is just being awesome. Yeah. Um, besides Tomb Raider, did you play anything else? I know we were playing some Civilization. Well, you were. I wasn't... <laughs> Yeah, I, Adam's tired of playing it because Bill always schools everybody. No, it's because the game doesn't work. Uh, C- Civilization Revolution for iOS just got multiplayer, I think we mentioned last week. But literally, Bill and me have probably played ten games, and eight of them have failed halfway yeah. through. What and happened in the other two? Stable. I won. You wish. <laughs> no, I did Yeah, get... they kept failing, and I put air quotes around that for Adam. No, <laughs> just flicked his face. I did play a buddy of mine uh, online. We had a couple wicked games. He won the first one. He had me pinned early. I was in a bad spot, and I couldn't expand at all, and he tore me up. The second game, I got nice little payback on him. You're talking about Civ Revolution on Xbox Live, yeah, right? Yeah, on yeah. Xbox Live. It was a good time. But, yeah, unfortunately, the iOS version is very frustrating because it doesn't fail right away. It gets you just enough into the game where you're committed to your strategy and you're into it, and then, boom, game over. So, that sucks. Yeah, it's kind of a shame. But I've actually been playing an older game, not really super old, but Call of Duty Black Ops 2. I've been really getting into the single-player mode because I'm trying to slowly get rid of my back catalog because it just is growing constantly and constantly, and I'm trying to stick to something and get it done. Hey, after you do the single-player, yeah, can I borrow game. that one? <laughs> yeah, I want to do the single-player, too, it's and really I didn't know mine. All right, let's get into some news stories. Um, there's been a couple pretty funny ones <laughs> Yeah, week. Yeah, we, we, you know, we sometimes do the heartwarming story or the funny story. We got a I little like bit of both today. Uh, the first one, Danish news channel, TV2. There was, you know, there's there's a lot of strife and problems going on in Syria, and it's it's not really fun to make fun of that because it's a very serious issue, and hopefully that gets resolved soon because that's just crazy, but... These little bits of news just make you giggle, I guess. Uh, So the Danish news channel TV2 used an Assassin's Creed Brotherhood image (laughs) discussing present-day Syria conflict. And the picture they used was depicting Damascus how many years ago? 720 years ago. And nobody noticed. (laughs) So you know this, this guy who worked for this company just Google searched for Syria and was like, oh, that looks good, click, and just... On news, on their news channel, broadcasted to millions of people. The only explanation for that that would make any sense is if they were actually broadcasting from inside Amsterdam somewhere. Yeah. (laughs) Then I can understand how that can happen. Right, exactly. I don't understand. I know video games are getting more realistic, but um, hello, (laughs) you can tell. A video game picture is bad enough. But a video game picture depicting a city from 720 years ago, and you don't notice that there's nothing modern even slightly about any of the buildings, and you just assume that's probably how they live. <laughs> now, now, granted, I'm sure I'm sure Damascus still has a lot of its historical roots, and there's still it's not like super out of the realm of possibility. But you know that he was just rushing through and just found like the first picture he could find. Did they also report that they finally invented fire and the wheel as <laughs> no well? No way. That's coming they, next week. That coming in there? They are backwards people, and they love cell shading. <laughs> right and polygons. Yeah, but he the guy the guy who made the mistake actually came out and did say that it was an honest mistake. He was looking for the skyline and he just saw this picture and thought it was good. <laughs> it's just oh, it was oh, an yeah. honest mistake. He's still stupid, <laughs> but the mistake was honest. He wouldn't he didn't lie about it. Yeah, so that that was pretty awesome. I always love seeing stuff like that. Was there some other news thing that you were telling me about earlier that was kind of similar to this? Yeah, it's actually a uh, it was a news story in West Virginia. The they were doing a story on recruiting and. Uh, the coach for the West Virginia Mountaineers is Dana Holgerson, but uh, when they put it through the uh, news feed, uh, the autocorrect changed it to Dana Horsewoman, and nobody caught it, and it went live on the air. It showed his picture, it said Dana Horsewoman on it. Why would it autocorrect a horsewoman? I feel like they'd have to no use that idea. before or something. Either that or it was some intern's last day, and he's just like, I'm out, screw you. He's a horsewoman. Buy your own donut. Oh, yeah. Did they catch it on air, or they just no, rolled it, with it? it went on air. They just rolled with it yeah. while it was there, or they even like saw the picture and was like, whatever. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I just like the story woman. I saw just, just mentioned that it actually went to air with that name under it. I love funny news stories. It's just hilarious because <laughs> they're live and they're just like, oh, God. 
So that's that's awesome. But let's let's change gears a little bit and go to something a little heartwarming. Oh, <laughs> everybody no. get it over with. So there's a father who loves his three-year-old daughter. A lot is, of them do. Exactly. I've, I've research yep. shows that a good percentage of them love their do- three-year-old daughters. Where did you get this research from? Um, uh, the Huffington Post. Oh, okay, good. So uh, this father... Or The Onion, either one. <laughs> yeah, I guess that works, too. Uh, his three-year-old daughter loves Donkey Kong, but I guess she was kind of confused as to why this weird man in a red outfit was the only character she could play as. And she wanted to play as Pauline, the damsel in distress that Mario's trying to rescue. So the father, who has some programming skills, decided to hack into the the ROM, into the the code, and made Pauline an actual playable character for his daughter. That's very sweet of him, but I do have two issues with this. What's number one? One, why doesn't he get this kid a PS3 or an Xbox and let her play some a little more updated games? Three, come on. Well, she could play Sly Cooper too. You gotta walk before you run. Two, that's all nice that he did that for and stuff, but you know sometimes you gotta be like. Uh yeah, it's Donkey Kong. You play Mario. Life sucks. Deal with it. Play the game or don't play it. Go read a book. I don't like his philosophy. Yeah, I don't get this really either. I mean, I guess it is, I guess, heartwarming, but do you guys even remember what happened when you were three? I, I don't remember anything up until, like, age five. I mean, Are you saying you just shouldn't be nice to your kids until they can remember? Can she, can she differentiate between this for real? She I don't know. She, they said that she told him about this, so that's why he did it. She, like, spoke in perfect grammar and be like... Father dearest, I would like to play the female heroine in this uh, epic adventure where I go jump over barrels and so, hit the monkey. Yeah, so in a couple of years, it seemed like, I wish you were a princess daddy. And be like, I'll chop it off. Let's go. All right, I don't know. Just for you. Anything for you, Peach. My co-hosts are cold-hearted human beings. <laughs> I don't understand. I mean, <laughs> I mean he's got the, it's cool that he had the ability to do that and that he was willing to do that. But at the same time, are you really teaching your kid a good lesson by like, oh, you don't like how the game looks? And I'm going to change life it? for I'll you. I'll change everything for you. <laughs> I just get like, this is how he's... I don't have kids. I, <laughs> I wonder why. He's a cold-hearted individual, folks. <laughs> Anyways, um, I think this is how he talked his wife into getting like a huge, giant, like, arcade game. Like, oh, honey, it's for, it's for her. I am going to, you know, reprogram this, and she's going to be like empowered and stuff where there's this female heroine and this is all for her. Why didn't he get her Tomb Raider? You exactly. can play as a, like as a girl yeah, who like and, kicks, kicks and you can learn and yeah. it's for mature so she'll learn a lot. You're going to learn a lot. Anyway. Like <laughs> or a Wii U maybe. Play well, some. Hey, I, I'm sorry but a monkey throwing barrels that she's fairly violent I would think that would be a very rough time too. Yeah, I know but who wants to play that anymore? Yeah, 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 you could have just got her Miss Pac-Man. I mean, seriously. That's, what I'm, ta- that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> this took a turn that I was not expecting. <laughs> we did, we did the kitty, kitty corner and heartwarming, and we kind of like oh my God. destroyed it. I apologize. We did. We just pissed all over your heartwarming, didn't we? <laughs> my God, I think I'm going to need a rest. I'm gonna, I'll be back in like 20 minutes, guys. And we're back. So the next uh, the next story we're going to talk about is Obama is trying to be cool, and it didn't work out so well. I'm sorry. Whoops. I don't know. Are you talking about, like, Jedis and mind-melding? That's your first mistake. I mean, you get the two wrong, uh, like, universes mixed together, that's you better just watch it. That's something Picard would do. <laughs> Let's give you guys a little background first, because Jack was a little vague. So Obama was talking about this lovely, uh, these, these four spending cuts that we're dealing with. And he said it's not a type of issue where you can use a Jedi mind meld and convince the populace to agree on it. <laughs> Taking a Jedi mind trick and the Vulcan <laughs> mind meld of the two Star Wars and Star Trek fame and combining them. Silly Obama. Just try not to pander to people when you definitely don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, I mean, dude, don't do that. Like, Just on, stay man. within your element. He's. I think Obama is, is well-spoken yeah. and a good orator. But orator. Order at fast order. Order me up some Jedi Mexico tenders, chicken Mexies. My name is Adam Bankers, and I do not endorse this message. <laughs> we're going to jump back on track before these guys take us. I don't even know where we're going now. <laughs> just space, put your seatbelt on. Space, my friend. Let's, let's get Jedi just, space. Yeah, let's just jump right into games because, I don't know, actually this next topic is probably going to get derailed pretty quickly. <laughs> but we're going to talk about probably one of the biggest fiascos of the year, maybe even in a long time. Actually, oh, we got a dumbass of the week. Yeah, we do. Sim City, the uh, storied franchise that's been around since I don't know. Jesus was a fighter pilot. <laughs> <laughs> that was wow. a while back too. Yeah, that I don't remember that. That part. was before Nam. 
That was okay. <laughs> I'm not gonna touch that one. But anyways, um, yeah, I think it's just a sign that EA is dumb and getting dumber, especially with their servers. You know what? I've had this about. problem with games before. I've had the problem with uh, Mass Effect Three recently, and also Battlefield Three, and now they're forcing people to stay online, and they go. don't have the servers to meet this demand where people try and get on there. That's the biggest problem. That's ex- and the reason they're doing this always online BS is is to stop piracy. Because they're so worried about people pirating these games. And actually, the punter for the Minnesota Vikings put a uh, put out a... a Chris a, Cluey? Yeah, Cluey? put out a, an open letter to EA, and it, they, they placed it on Game Informer, where he talked about he's got like 80,000 followers that are following because of games alone. And he said even if half of them didn't buy the game, they averaged probably about 20,000 people would pirate the game. He said about 40,000 people were probably not going to touch it after what he posted about it, you're going to lose more money by frustrating and pissing off your core fans than you would ever lose during a piracy. I might have those numbers way off, by the way. Um, <laughs> He's but, making it up. <laughs> um, but the point is, you can lose a little bit to piracy and just deal with it. It's really not a little well, bit, though. Like, piracy is a big problem. Like, I, I mean, they're taking it too far. I'm not doubting that. Big, this is a big problem. No, it is, for sure. But piracy is a big problem. Like, it's what's, not a little bit. What's problem. worse? Some people see on the game, or the, the, the true fans of the game, the real hardcore people, are going to buy that game. And when you abandon them, especially on a game like this that has a niche market, when you abandon those people and you leave them to where they can't even play the game they just spent 60 bucks for, and then you expect them to just accept you going, oh, sorry, we're fixing it. Uh, next time around, when that happens to me, I don't buy that next game. I mean, I don't want to even get onto the piracy thing. This isn't about piracy. I mean, you can say that. Well, and whatnot. Not, well, not, I, I mean, okay, that's why they did that. What they did, actually, though, is they sold a game that didn't work. That's what they did. They sold you a game that did not function. But that's the, re- the biggest problem. But it was whatever not, it, the reasons are, whatever. You're right. But, you're right. You're right. But they sold a game that didn't function. That's the worst part. Amazon stopped selling it uh, for a bit because you couldn't even play what they're buying. They're basically, it's like a lemon. It's like here you go. So what? Too bad. Whatever. Deal with it, like you said. But whatever the reasoning is, okay, it's piracy. Whatever. But the issue is, they gave you crap. Here you go. Here's some crap. Give me your money. I'm going to be, we're going to just jump into devil's advocate here for a second, because I got some counterpoints to all this stuff. You lose. I know, I do. So, thank the, you. So, things to things to consider with this. This same thing, not not as bad, but happened with Diablo 3. When no. they when they came on, you couldn't play the game for like two days. I mean, you, you couldn't. Like, they, the servers were down. It was hard to connect. Things were, were problems. And, and now it's fixed, and no one even remembers that anymore. Oh, I remember it. And dear all game developers... Stop with this always online bullshit. Stop. That, just stop what it. about Destiny? Destiny is always online. Destiny, Destiny's Child, all of you, stop <laughs> it. And here's well, hopefully that'll work better on a console, but I don't know. I, I I don't know. I don't know that it will. Yeah, and here's here's another thing to Jack's point is it was a lemon for a lot of people, but there like when when it first came out and some people at like not high volume times, the game did still work. It wasn't like broken for everybody. That's so cool, you kind you kind of made it sound like it was everybody, but it wasn't everybody. It was most of the people, the majority, and they are almost fixed. Have fixed the problem, but it wasn't like they just said, "Okay, our game's broken. Let's ship well, it out." That's cool that Todd North Dakota can play it at four in the morning, but you know, that's most people were getting screwed. The majority. I mean, I mean this is just like a, a warning to to people, and I it's part of a bigger problem. I think at EA is because if you buy their games, unfortunately, their servers have issues, and this is one of the biggest issues I think they probably ever had with a game. I don't know, but. In recent memory, and I know the most recent things that are happening are the most dramatic or whatnot because it's fresh and new. But I mean, for Amazon to stop selling it and for people to be in this much uproar about it, about a solid game that has been around for like ever almost. I don't even know how many years SimCity's been around, but you took a good title, a solid title, and you messed it all up and you couldn't support it and whatever. I mean, that's that's probably the biggest thing for me. And, and I think one of the. Uh, another travesty to add to this is the fact that they refused to do refunds uh, through Origin. They would not give the money back. I, I think if you make that big a mistake, you should say, hey, here's your money back. We're going to try to fix it. If you feel we've done a good job with it down the road and you hear that it's fixed, feel free to buy it again. But to sit there and flat out say, no. Yeah, but they they did give out a free game. Who cares? Yeah, it, it, They said from crap. the entire catalog. And I think the reason they did that is because people yeah. are... 
I mean, they're rightfully so. Like I, I once again, I'm playing devil's advocate, but people are acting very irrational. Rightfully so. I mean, on Amazon, it's probably the lowest rated game on Amazon. Good. But the game itself is actually very good from what I've seen and from what reviewers are saying. Like, the game itself is a very solid, good game. And this happens. And the servers are going to get fixed. They're already taking their steps. Maxis, who makes the game, is being very vocal about the problem. And they're, they're giving updates. They disabled a lot of the non-critical features like leaderboards, achievements, region filters, and things like that to hopefully help this problem. But... I mean, and also another thing to think about, like, remember when the PlayStation Store went down for, like, weeks or something, and people were freaking out? Because security hack? Yeah, exactly. But now, but now, no one even remembers that. And I, I think this is going to happen again. Like, no one's going to remember this in, like, nah. months. The reason that's different is that was a working system that had been up for years. They got hacked by an outside force, and they had to do what they could to protect the customers to keep them from getting screwed again. This is a matter of fact of... Flat out, don't take people's money until your system works right. You, If you're not prepared with the servers, you're not prepared to handle it, delay the game, do not take people's money, and then sit there and say, well, we'll give you another crap game that you may not give a rat's ass about, just to say, oops, that, that doesn't fly. And you know what? They deserve every bad review that game gets, and I hope it hurts sales, and I hope it kicks them in the ass, because I hope the next company that thinks about it says, you know what? I'm not taking that. That road, I think it's I think it's crap. I gotta agree with uh, Bill. I mean, this may be kind of a more minor issue than what it's been built up to be. I might give you that. But, sure, I will too. But I mean, EA. I've played a ton of EA games, and their servers have notorious problems. They're not solid at all. Same with even college football. And any, any game you play in there, you, you'll lock up. They won't let you on. They don't have enough space. Uh, they they can't meet the demand or they refuse to. It's just like when hotels overbook their rooms. Yeah. Or when we talked about um, how limited edition games, they overbook or oversell them. Um, I mean, that's basically just screwing people over is basically what it is. Yeah. Uh, NCAA 13 has been out since last July. And the other day, I still couldn't get on the servers to do anything. I mean, it's, yeah. it's still an ongoing issue that right. happens. And the other end of that is if you put the extra money to be prepared for this when it comes out and everything works great and that game comes out, then look at those Amazon reviews. You're going to see a whole different ball game, and they're going to deserve it. But if you aren't prepared to take care of the people that you're taking their money, if you're going to take their money and not take care of them, you deserve every bad review you get. And I'd be glad to give them a crap one too. Yeah, I mean that's yeah. I mean when you tell people this is what you're going to get for this amount of money, and then you don't deliver, I mean you're just asking for it. This is basically. why EA was voted the worst company in America, yeah, really? and they deserve it. Now I'm going to jump on your side. For a point and then jump back Thank on you. the other side. So, I mean, Welcome. I think online features, if, when done well, are very useful. Like having, the way SimCity is built is you have regions. So you have, it's not as big as old um, SimCity games where you can build sprawling cities that go everywhere. You have like a smaller little region, but you can play with your friends. So let's say Bill is like an oil town or something, and I want to be maybe a college town. We can work together and like trade resources and visit each other's towns and send people back and forth, and we're all part of this one region. And so Jack can maybe specialize in, I don't know, industry or like, I don't know, wealthy people or something, whatever he wants to do. So it's a way for you to really connect with your friends and work with people. And I, it's actually a very cool concept in practice, and obviously it's not working well at the moment. But what I'm saying is, okay, make it online, but give us an offline mode. Like, what is the problem? Like, you make it online, make us register keys, make us register our system, blah, blah, blah. But in case this crap happens, give us a way to play the game. Yeah. I mean, it's ridiculous. Like, you can go offline and make your own city yourself. Okay, you don't need the online features. But, like, give us a way to play the game. And another, another thing that I've run into, too, and I've seen it in reviews, a lot of people are not happy about this smaller building area in the regions because... The majority of people that play SimCity are used to and like playing it by themselves as a single-player thing, building their city. Um, it, I'm sure that some people will warm up to yeah, it. It's probably too early to tell, but especially with all these I problems. I was reading really a lot of early impressions, and they were, people were very frustrated. They were they were saying, like, they finally have curved roads you can do, but it's so limiting the space that it's not worth doing them. You have to build grids that, that they've really limited what you can do, and it, and they felt, and, and this wasn't just one or two. I read four or five of these where they felt the game was taking a major step back. There was good things they liked about it, but overall they were really unhappy with it. It's probably because it limits your power, and I'm, since SimCity is about, 
you know, simulating how much power you could have building cities or yeah. destroying them or having like kind of like a god complex kind of, I mean, sort of. But anyways, uh, I have to agree with Adam, too. Forcing people to be online painted them into a corner. Yeah. They really did. They set themselves up for this. I mean, That's they decided to so, do it. It pisses me off. So they much. could have an offline mode where it's still connected, and then you'd, like, upload your stuff later. Yeah. You know what I mean? To the world or whatever that's connected, but it, it's kind of just silly. Yeah, there's got to be a better way to fight piracy. Like you said, registration keys, to, or even you get your own personal code for the game to where if you want to take it onto another computer, if your computer crashes, you can still do it. Like Steam. Yeah, exactly. Steam, Steam has an offline mode. Every, and that's the other thing. Like Sims makes you go on Origin, which is not very popular. I mean, EA's trying to get people there, and I mean, I can understand because they want people on their system, but it can't touch Steam. And it's on Origin, and you should be able to play offline. <laughs> it's just ironic that they force you to be on their system, but their system doesn't work. Yeah, exactly. Good job, EA. But I want to I want to kind of go back to the whole issue at hand and kind of go on the devil's advocate side. Is that so? Let's say so. Okay, EA, we know they are evil at times and have been rated the worst company. Blah blah. blah. I hope but, they all poop their pants. Yes, hey, that maybe maybe that'll that's the fate they deserve. But Maxis, a company that's been around for a very long time, has made very good games. Let's say, I mean, when you think about it, I mean, we obviously don't know what really goes into the development of games and stuff. What if they tested the hell out of this game and they really prepared and they tried to make this because they believed in their vision and what they wanted and they did all these beta testing and they did all these potential, but once it happens and that the actual people go into the servers, like, it's unknown. Like, you, you really can't tell. I mean, imagine when you're trying to, like, pre-order an iPhone or pre-order tickets. And then all these people rush at the same time to try and do this one thing, and then the servers crash, and you can't get on the website, and you can't do those things. If you don't know what your demand is ahead of time, and you didn't do the proper research, and you're well, not no, paying attention. But it attention. happens a lot, though. Like, that, I, I know. Not like that's, a, that's not an isolated incident. That happens for all kinds of media. And I mean, servers are scalable, and you should be able to dip into different reserves. And EA is so big and been doing yeah. this for so long that they have to be, have like some kind of contingency planning for this. I mean, I know there's only so much that you can do, but this was silly. No, well, no, I, I agree it's silly. I'm just saying, like, you have to understand it's, that it's like, different than when, when, when you think about these other products that have these same issues, and it's not the same because, or it's not as similar because it's a game and it's not like a one-time purchase. Well, like yeah, you're expecting. it's not like the Wii U where people didn't know it was going to blow up like that. <laughs> I mean, or not, or I mean the original Wii, I'm sorry. Oh, yeah, yeah no, the Wii U didn't joke. blow up. I mean, they, they've been blown, blown up. But, but no, like the Wii U, you had to unpack it. You had to download a six-hour patch <laughs> yeah, just for the thing to work. But, but, but seriously, when the Wii came out, you know, people knew it would sell some, but nobody knew it was going to take off that. I get that. That's different. This is an established franchise, an established game, and the fact that Maxis has been making these games forever and that EA is involved with it is all the more reason it's it's unforgivable. Same with, again, to go back to college football and, and Madden and games like that. You know roughly what you're going to get. If you're not prepared to grow a little bit more each year with that and have your service prepared for that, then you're you're skip, you're cutting corners and you're you're missing it. And maybe it is EA and not Maxis that's doing it, and that's why I'm flipping off EA right now. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and like and I, I said, like I said, I'm I'm taking devil's advocate, but uh, also imagine though, like EA, I mean, all these sports games and all these things have a very set online infrastructure that's been built upon year after year after year. The last SimCity game came out about ten years ago, and it was not online. Like this is the first jump for multiplayer for the SimCity franchise. Beta testing. They did do beta testing. Do it better. <laughs> they what did. About, what about the Sims? What about The Sims? That's been online. Yeah, that's a different game. That's but isn't it made by the same people? Yeah, but it's not like the same building. Like you, I don't think you realize how in depth Sim City is and how crazy these intricate intricate systems work back and forth. Like it's a different game. It's not the same game. I, I get that, but they're pretty smart people and they've been online with no other doubt games about that. and they've done this before. And yeah, hello. I don't. I don't know. I don't agree. I just, I, it, my problem is is the fact I don't. I yeah. I don't think they prepared well enough. And and then I don't like how that. Yeah, they've been vocal about. Hey, we'll give you another game and all that. But I. I don't. If you give out a product and your product doesn't work, you offer a refund. I just think that's good business. I think that's fair business. And I think anything under that is classless and and crappy. I, yeah, need, I think that's wrong too. Yeah, I think I know these these type of games. They have highly complex like computations, and they they're heavily they it can bog down a computer. Like, I played Civilization on a computer, and when you get into, like, big wars and, like, stuff's going around the whole world, like, your computer will slow down because there's so much computation going on. And they tried to plan ahead for that. That's why they scaled everything down, just like Bill was saying, smaller areas, 
the curved road thing, and they've also taken down the leaderboards and other things just to dumb the game down even more. And and, you and, and they've done that on purpose just because they are forcing people to play online only. If you did have the offline mode, you'd be totally fine. And the you'd game be would totally be better. Fine. You'd have a better game, and that's what people want. And also, if you give the people the chance to get a refund, a lot of them would cool down later on once things were fixed and probably buy the game again. I mean, let people have the reaction they want. Some, Yeah, some of them probably overreacted. And, and I know people have gone a little overboard with their anger, but it's be, it's not just because of this game. It's because of these things. It's because it happened with Diablo. It's because it's happened with other EA games. People get sick of this crap, and they want to buy a game and have it work. Yeah, and, and uh, believe me, I I completely agree with you guys, and this is just crazy that this happened. But it's it's just it's tough. I mean, it's it's tough to make a game like this. I mean, like I said, we have no idea what goes into it, and maybe they really did do everything they could to prepare. I mean, there's there's factors that you have to include that are unknown. Like there's sure. unknown variables, and you have to understand that. And believe nope. me, I I'm completely on your side, and I think it's ridiculous. There's no offline mode. They should add a contingency plan. But I truly believe that in like a day or two or maybe a few more days, this problem is going to be behind them and then this game is going to like truly be able to shine and his people are going to really realize that it's actually a really good game and this well, problem is going to be a distant memory. Until then, all I'm going to say is I'm not a developer's advocate. I'm a gamer's advocate. Oh, snap. Oh, snap. I got to say also, I mean, Halo with their multiplayer, it's massive, right? And it runs a heck of a lot smoother. Bungie is like wizards at three. I mean, compare the two. They've both been at it the same amount of time. Maybe maybe EA longer. Yeah. I mean, they definitely EA longer. But yeah, but Bungie's able to make like a solid. They've, they're they notorious for being solid. So, I mean, why didn't they take a page out of their book or actually learn something from past failures? I don't think they do oh, with their server issues, but maybe that's me. Yeah, I, I mean. I don't know. I think we should move on to some better news. <laughs> yeah, I do too. So, so I th- I would like to revisit this story maybe in a week or two just to see where it's going because we, sh- we should do a podcast next week. We should. Let's do it. Like episode, we'll call it like episode like eighteen oh my or something. God, we're gonna be legal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be. So yeah, we'll come back to it. But just just be wary if you are interested in this game. That check the servers, check the news because <clears throat> you don't want to buy a game that doesn't work. <laughs> so and, yeah, but. But seriously, though, I, I really want you to understand something, though, is that, yeah, we we don't like what they did, and it's it's shady what they did and all that stuff, but there really is a good game under this, because I really have been researching and watching this game a lot and seeing what's going on, and it really does look like a very in-depth, well-thought-out game, because Maxis is a good company. So we'll, we'll see what happens, but let's move on to another big game that was recently announced. It was actually the, it's going to be the Game Informer cover story for... April or something, I think it is. Yeah, it's April. But, yeah. Sure. but the the fabled, not fable, franchise Thief is coming back with Thief 4. Oh, crap, you guys. I had a hilarious joke about it, but it's been stolen. Oh, snap. <laughs> <laughs> that was so stupid. I'm sorry. <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> Irony. No. Yeah, I, I'm excited about this. Yeah, Jack, I, I was talking to Jack a little bit earlier, and he said he hadn't really played the Thief games. And I played Thief 3 and Thief 2 a little bit, but this is a very, very popular franchise. And it's kind of one of the first really stealthy games that created a whole genre yeah. of, of stealing. I mean, you go around first person, steal whatever you want sneak around, do all this stuff. It was really a game changer back in the day. I wonder if I wonder if they'll stay true to their roots or or try to add more action and make it more Assassin's Creed with, yeah, I'm with sure, I'm sure they'll try a little bit. I'm sure they'll put like a giraffe in there like Resident Evil six and just screw that all up. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah, so what what really what excites me most about this is that it's being it's a reboot of the franchise. It still has the same character Garrett, he's returning to the Gothic, all the stuff we know nice. and love. But it's made by the people who created Deus Ex Human Revolution, which if you've listened to this podcast, you know I absolutely love that game. And this studio knows how to make games and reboot franchises. So I hope everything's not exciting. orange in this game. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> but it's coming to next-gen platforms in 2014, and I'm sure in the upcoming issue of Game Informer we'll have a lot more news about what's really going on. But it's exciting because it's a popular franchise, and I'm sure people have been waiting about this. Because last game came out, was it Xbox? I know oh, it was yeah. on PC. Original pro- Xbox. Yeah, it probably wasn't 360, so it's been no, a while. No, no. Yeah, it was yeah. original Xbox. So stay tuned for some more news about that, because that's pretty exciting. Um, another kind of interesting tidbit that came out of a talk with Jonathan Blow, the, de- <laughs> the developer we talked about who's, who's made Braid uh, and an upcoming PS4 game called The Witness. 
And he was saying that his game, and this guy is not owned by Sony, mind you. He has his own, he's an independent developer, yes, I can talk. And he's saying that he's, the witness is coming to PS4 first because he claims that the still unknown Xbox 360 successor is not strictly about games. Well spoken, Obama. I know, I really can't talk. <laughs> Jedi mind melt. Peter Piker, pick up, pick up, pick up, pick up, pepper. Uh, what? Okay, anyways. Um, yeah, I think it's it proves that Bill was right. He did have a prophecy about this, that the Xbox and Microsoft, they wanted to take over everything. All your media, all of everything. So maybe they've taken the focus off of games and he's complaining about this, or... I'm not sure, actually, based on the quote. Yeah, well, I don't think it's necessarily taking the focus off games. It's just putting the focus more on other things as well, like spreading it out. Like, there's still going to be games, Halo, Gears of War, all of these games we know and love. But you know that the trend Microsoft is going is, I mean, yeah, like Jack was saying, they don't want you to have any other cable box, any other device. They want you to be able to watch Netflix, your TV, play your games, talk to your friends, Skype with people, all this stuff from one system very unified and yeah it's going to take a little bit off of games i think and i think that's probably where jonathan blow and these other developers might be a little scared and also he also mentioned that uh his experience working with microsoft has not been the best oh okay. maybe that's the what really happened somebody kind of hurt him, off him a little, little. Yeah, right. <laughs> now he's like yeah i got <laughs> yeah so obviously we can't really speculate too much because we have no idea even if at next xbox is coming the way people are talking who knows just kidding <laughs> it could be a red flag or a black flag. Yeah, no, it's definitely a red flag because Jonathan Blow is a very respected developer, and <laughs> he's not he's not owned by Sony or anybody. So these are real, true comments coming from one of the best in the industry. Maybe he's pissed off because his name's John Blow, and that's just got a bad attitude. <laughs> Poor guy, he didn't pick his last name. Give him a break. <laughs> oh my gosh, awesome sauce. But anyway, we're gonna move on to another story that's. Just some quick hit information for you folks out there. GDC is coming up at the end of the month, Whee! and there was an invite that was sent out that was very Battlefieldy. Had all like the raindrops and blue and red colors from the Battlefield Three cover, and it seems to be that the Battlefield Four reveal is coming March 26. Battlefield Three on 360 and PS3 and all those stuff was just mind blowing. I mean that game was incredible with all the bombs and airplanes and motorcycles and tanks going off. It was a crazy game. I just can't even imagine what it's going to look like on next generation systems. Yeah, the game was definitely great. I played a ton of it, and uh, being that I played a ton of it, I know all about the EA servers and their problems with it. (laughs) (laughs) Just to throw that in there. (laughs) Thanks, Jack. Well, moving on before they get back into it. Now, a lot of you have probably heard that you're getting a Last of Us demo if you pick up God of War Ascension tomorrow. I already got mine paid off. Ready to go. I want to play that Last of Us demo tomorrow as soon as I get home. Sorry, Bill. You're going to have to wait a little bit longer. (laughs) Yeah, you're going to have to wait until May 31st to play this game. Poop. the game is coming out June 18th, I think, or somewhere around there, June 14th. Poop. So you're going to have a little bit of time left. So, you know, it kind of sucks, but you're still going to get an early look at probably one of the best games of the year. That, that, I mean, yeah, get it right. Get it done so it's awesome when we get a chance to mess with it. But, oh, that sucked. I yeah, really thought like I was going to be playing it already. Two whole months for a demo, more than that. I mean. At least you got I, God of War to play. Yeah, that's true. Tomb Raider's still awesome. It's got, Her- Shock's it's coming. got Hercules in it. We Hercules, saw that in our- Hercules. <laughs> It's all that in a preview preview. Yeah. Preview preview. <laughs> yeah, so we're going to take a break and thank our lovely sponsor, Audible. Again? Again. <laughs> For you, the listeners of The Gamer's Advocate, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service and over 100,000 audiobooks right at your fingertips. And then we're going to hand it over to Bill Roberts, and he has a... Kind of scary book for us this week. It's kind of a weird scary book. I should have saved this for the holidays, but uh, uh, this one is by the... He's actually an artist and an author. But he goes by the name Brom. And uh, this is called Krampus, the Yule Lord. And it's a very different take on the Santa Claus story. Basically, Krampus has been at war with old Saint Nick, who he feels stole his magical powers that were in a bag from him to go and do what he does, and uh, there's a, a, a guy that gets kind of caught up in it, just a normal, everyday guy that sees this kind of, like, fight going on and finds his bag and gets some of these powers, and let's just say he gets a story from Krampus that old St. Nick isn't quite the good old guy that he thinks it is, and it's a very um, dark and kind of disturbing take on the whole origins of Christmas, which is very interesting just for the fact that it's so different than any uh, story you've been told before. Yeah, that's always good when they take 
his, like yeah, history and maybe even fake history, but turn it upside down. Always good to get a different perspective. Especially, when, yeah, it's like, who's really the bad guy yeah, here? Yeah, exactly. So to find out more and to download Krampus, go to audibletrial.com backslash thegamersadvocate. Again, that's audibletrial.com backslash thegamersadvocate for your free audiobook. And now back to your show. Welcome back, everybody. Oh, we also wanted to quickly mention, if you ever want to be part of the show, please feel free to contact us at podcast at thegamersadvocate.com. We want to feature your questions, comments, awesomeness, whatever you want. Send it to us. We love it. But let's talk about Star Wars for a second. Yay. Nice quick little story that's kind of exciting. And mm-hmm. as we all know, they're going to be making millions of Star Wars movies, even though they're delaying Star Wars 1313, which really upsets me. But we're not going to go back into that. But the original cast, or at least the main three, Mark Hamill, Harrison Ford, and Carrie Fisher, are in final talks to reprise roles in the new Star Wars movie. <laughs> All I can say is, uh, have you guys heard an interview or anything with Carrie Fisher in the last ten years? I was going to say she was going to be the new Jabba the Hutt in the movie. <laughs> no, she's batshit crazy. So, uh, well, that's what I'm saying. She's like, <laughs> in the movie. <laughs> I wonder if she's going to be like a, like a Yoda character, just a hermit in like the woods somewhere. Well, I, I think she's had a lot of plastic surgery done i don't think the upper part of her lip moves anymore <laughs> is it gonna be like star wars the expendables <laughs> don't get me wrong she's hilarious i love her to death oh, yeah. I, she was on um oh my gosh either it on the was, roast was she was rock? funny on the yeah. roast too if you she was on the time central either 30 rock or weeds i can't remember i think it was 30 rock for a while and she was really funny there i mean she's still a great character and she'll do a good job i just it's kind of hilarious knowing how Nuts. <laughs> yeah, really. So it's, it'll be interesting to see where they are in all these years. And Mark Hamill's like, I get a job? Yeah, exactly. That's what I was going to jump on. I mean, like, where has this guy been? He's, actually, actually, he's been actually, a joker yeah, for a while. Yeah, he's been, like, one of the best jokers in a really long time. And he's he does... Like Arkham City and a lot of other voice acting work. He does voice acting work uh, narrating some audiobooks, too. He was in part, one of the narrators in World War Z, which he did a great job with that, actually. Oh, really? Okay, I didn't even know. Yeah, I, I thought he was gone. <laughs> I thought he disappeared. Yeah, so he's been around, but maybe just more behind the scenes. <laughs> Not quite the career Han, uh, old Han Solo got, though. Yeah, yeah really. Oh, Han's well, a lucky mean, man. Harrison Ford. He's a badass. Hello. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that, that'll that be interesting to see. They're, they're coming out in 2014 or 15? 15. Oh, 15, okay. So still far away, but always any news is good news with this franchise. Of course. So go Star Wars, but we're going to jump on to some more good news that my co-hosts are going to turn into negative news. Is that the Vita price? There was a Vita price cut in Japan. They knocked it down about eighty bucks, and both models are the same. And there was some reports that it was doing pretty well. Well, it turns out that the sales from when the sales started to the next week increased six times. They sold eleven thousand units the week before, and they went up to about sixty-two thousand. So that's a pretty incredible jump for a price cut. Yet there's still no word on the USA. And you know what? I'm gonna hand it over to my guys so I don't get interrupted and make fun of it. Um, they're they're not doing it here. They're not even talking about it here. And less and less games are coming out. More and more times going by. People don't care about the Vita anymore. All right, that's my opinion. Um, I I think they're making a huge mistake. I think it clearly shows that for the amount of games that are out right now, uh, th- that's way too much money. Drop it here. Build an install base. Get some game. I mean, what are you doing, Sony? Yeah, you know you know what you know what they could be doing. Which obviously I'm going to be an optimist again. What if they're waiting to drop the price at like an opportune time so like maybe microsoft announces their xbox okay blah, blah blah but then sony comes out and says hey vita's getting dropped here's all these games that are coming with ps4 that you'll be able to play with them maybe it'll be bundled with the ps4 and they that's when they really start up and up that marketing and those drops it could be part of the strategy you could be right maybe but any kind anytime something happens in japan it always signals something that's coming to america i mean any gamer would know that or, or they should I mean, most that happens most of the time. You know, I won't say all the time, but I really. wouldn't even consider buying one right now. If exactly, I, you know, exactly. I, I would, sales I would just, should just drop in the United States with that kind of price cut. You, you should expect it as a gamer to come to the U.S. soon. I mean, come on. Yeah, you would think so. So we'll we'll keep eyes on that. But it's just it's a good sign for the Vita itself. So I mean, like it or not, it's a good sign that there's actually people interested in buying these games. Um, now, another struggling system <laughs> is getting a brand new game. Wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. This is not a new game, I take that back. Deus Ex Human Revolution, which came out in 83, Orange, <laughs> and Ot 5. Yeah, no, it, it, I think it came out two years ago. Is The old updated or ultimate edition is coming to the Wii U. 
Now you, everything on your Wii U can be orange. Yeah, really. So, you know, I, I do kind of make fun of it because, I mean, they're, they're getting all these third-party ports, but it, it would be awesome to play this game again on, like, just on the gamepad and things like that, and for people who haven't tried it. And it's good to see that they're getting games, but, I mean, come on. Give us some new games already. Yeah, give us, like, an actual game yeah, that you invent and, like, put work into instead of just, like, shovelware even from if the, other places. Even if the game's good, if you've already got it on another system, I, I just... Yeah, it's been out on these systems. You can get it, okay. Let's say you get if, it for the Wii U. It's going to be like sixty bucks, right? I mean, like you're probably, saying, I don't know. I mean, hopefully they would make it maybe at least fifty. But play <laughs> just just to play to get on a Wii U to play it on a little tiny hand thing instead. I mean, if that's all you've got and you don't have any other systems, sure, go get it, have fun. But I just the majority of people that have either played yeah. it or have another system to play it on, I don't see the why they yeah, but I mean, care. Like, I mean, it's one thing if they were releasing these third-party games alongside their first-party titles and new games, but it just makes you look so dumb when you're just releasing two-year-old games when there's nothing else coming out. Yeah, exactly. What about Rayman? Oh, don't even get me started on that. <laughs> they, I, can't, I cannot believe they didn't change their mind on that and just know, say, you I'm know what, we're sorry, crazy. let's get it out. And you're right. They're sticking to be that stupid-ass, idiotic theory of putting it all at the same time just to probably save a little on shipping. That's all they're going to do. It's ridiculous. I, yeah, like I said, I don't really want to go into that because that's a whole other can of worms that I don't want to open again. Now let's talk about some happier news. There was a r- rumor that was com- came out last week that the next season of The Walking Dead was not going to come out till fall of 2014, which is a long time away. But it was Telltale is claiming that they're targeting this fall for season two. Which will make the wait a lot less, a lot less horrible. Um, and also, they were talking about that they're working and hopefully successfully with cross-gen save reading. So that because the next game will probably come out right around the time the next generation consoles are coming out, and they did mention that your decisions from the first game will have some impact. So it's nice to see them thinking about it. So Telltale, we love you. I'm glad they moved it up almost a full year because now I'm not as scared because I'm like, what are they doing? What are they thinking about? I yeah, thought it had some kind of clear progression that you could use if they wanted to use that, and they looked like they were great storytellers episode to episode, so I was like, what in the world's happening? Yeah, but that wasn't like them saying it. That was just some rumors, so you don't know. I don't. That's not really, doesn't necessarily hold any truth. But Exactly. Yeah. But we're going to move on to another game, which I actually, another thing I had a conversation with Jack with, but he still hasn't played this game. Oh, my God. So the, one of the developers from that game company who made the incredible journey are saying that a sequel is very unlikely. And personally, I'm very happy with it. Personally, I think this is also a crock of baloney. Because <laughs> if you have a game that that's, that's that popular and you can't like reinvent it a little bit or tweak it or re-release it, I think you're cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. That's where I would say you got to play it first. Because the way the journey unfolds and the way it ends, I do understand it. I'm a little bummed just because I, I loved it so much. I would love to oh, play yeah, more here. of it in another version. But it, the way it does end and how... Yeah, if like, you you got to understand the ending to understand why they why there's not really a point and, for a sequel. And also, it's not saying like they're never going to make another game again. Because they could just catch fire again. Because they've done great things in the past and they're working on PS4. And they're going to make an incredible game. So it's just, yeah, like I said, it's it's something that I really want you to play it so we can talk about that a little more because it only takes like ten minutes. <laughs> yeah, not really. But it's it's one of those things where, yeah, it's like it's like it's a journey and it has a clear like ending point. And I think making another game and a sequel is just going to be forcing it too much. It won't feel as natural. I mean, I'm sure it'll be fun and it would be great and stuff. It's just, it just doesn't really fit into the identity of this game. Right. Have you ever have you ever read the Stephen King Dark Tower series by chance? No. Oh, cuz anyone out there that did would understand the ending. See, I don't I, I just don't understand because like, you know there's movies that come out that you think, "Oh, there's no way they'd make another one or why would they do that?" Uh, but they do. I mean, they made like Bambi 2 and they make like direct to DVD stuff. Yeah, like, and they usually crack. Yeah. They usually terrible. Usually, and you're right. But see, they want to cash in. I just don't understand the business sense of this. And I know they're an indie place, and they can do what they want, and they want to stay true to like the quality, which is great. I just, I'm just kind of shocked that they do that. I think. I don't think they've done I'm, a sequel on anything. I'm kind of like an outsider looking in though, so because um, I haven't played it and, and that, but I don't know. I think you just change the setting and do it again, just like all the Assassin's Creed games. Yeah, but you hate those games and you're sick of them. <laughs> no, but let's talk about this. Right. Let's let's talk about Uncharted. Like, would you rather them come out with Uncharted four or five or a hundred, or aren't yes. you excited for Last of Us? 
I mean, yeah, it'd be fun, but it's cool to see what else they can do. Like, you don't want them to get stuck in a rut and, like, keep doing the same thing over and over and over again. And, yeah, the second one might be good, but then if they do a second one, why? Well, they should do a third one. And then they'll lose their identity of a very creative, independent developer. Yep. As a consumer, I've just come to expect that sequels are going to come for everything. They're just going to come. I mean, you're just going to expect it. It's coming. I'm... As much, I'd love to see an Uncharted game launch with the PS4, but at the same time, you're right. Last of Us is, is going to be so different that in it still have like share some of the some stuff. MO. But it, what they'll do is give them a couple years to really work with the new system, and then the next Uncharted game, because you know eventually one will happen. It'll be fresh again because it'll been it'll been several years, and it's going to be on a new system, and it's going to be mind blowing. And I guess I'm just kind of a, a devil advocate here because that, right? yeah, right. I'm kind of a devil's advocate because I just expect these sequels and whatnot, and I like new, fresh, inventive games. I mean, that's our biggest complaint against Nintendo and other things. I mean, porting stuff over and having, like, how many times can Mario jump before you get tired of him? But, um, you know, that's just me. I just, I'm confused, really. Yeah, and also, I guess you could kind of, I think one of the main reasons we have been seeing so many sequels and all this stuff is because Next Gen was around the corner. Like, you don't really, I mean, I know Last of Us is going to be in some other things, but you don't really want to build a whole install base and then switch. Because they want to hold their cards for the new system and start developing. So I think that's why we were seeing a lot of these sequels last year. Like, every, pretty much every single game that was coming out is a sequel. And that's, I mean, it's fine, they're fun, but I want games like Journey. I want to experience something fresh and new. I don't, I mean, the, the, the new, the repeat stuff is fun and all, but... I like new experiences. Yeah, it's I'm, good stuff. I'm excited about what they'll come up with next. Because yeah. you know it's going to be incredible, because this studio knows what the hell it's doing. And if it bombs, then they can do Journey 2. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> they can always fall back on it. <laughs> yeah, so we're going to jump into one more segment is, uh, before we go. Just really quick, but something that I kind of came up with. Um, Mass Effect 3, the Citadel DLC, was released last week, and I still have yet to play it. Very excited to. But on Twitter, all, a lot of the developers and creators of the game had one final round table and sit together and they went to twitter and did hashtag last me three meets or something so people could follow along and reminisce on the franchise and it was it was really nice because i mean you would get on twitter and read all these memories and people talking about how much they loved being part of the universe how much they loved working about it and i started thinking like what my favorite part about mass effect was and it was the characters it was the supporting people it was your teammates that you grew romances with friendships with all this stuff that's what made the game for me so i decided to take it one step further and think what is your favorite supporting characters i mean main characters get all the the love and the glory but sometimes they're nothing without those people around him so i kind of want to first give it off to my co-host to see what they think and then Pass it off to you. What was that orange ghost in Pac-Man? <laughs> Bloop or blim or blob or <laughs> Clyde. Clyde, wasn't Clyde, it Clyde? Yeah, Clyde, I think it was. <laughs> no, I, um, and, and I know a lot of people will have heard this, that know we kind of like the Walking Dead games, and the easy one is Clementine, but um, I, I would throw Kenny in there yeah, as a good supporting character because he was very polarizing at times. There were times I, I, I was totally like, I got your back, dude, and, and I know you got my back. And then there's times I wanted to kick his head in. Um, so I just because it was so back and forth and, and the ending with him not clear-cut 100%, I, I, I just, that stuck with me. And I think the best thing about Kenny, too, is you know, like, yeah, he, there were times when you're like, okay, well, is this guy going to turn on me? Is he going to leave? Like, if, is he going to be horrible, blah, blah, blah. But for some reason, the way he was written and that he was such a well-developed character and went through, like, hell. I mean, complete yeah. hell. But there's something about him that you could relate to and you wanted to believe in him. And you wanted to save him and trust him. And hopefully that ended up happening for you. So it's it's a, he was a very, very good character. And I think that's a good choice. How and about I, you, Jack? I could, e- I could even see some people saying Lee as the supporting character, even though it's who you played. It was all about Clementine. I mean, yeah, I guess that's you could say that, but no, I, I digress. <laughs> there you go, Jack. You could say that, but you'd be wrong. Yeah, right, exactly. And, and for me, um, I don't know, Rex. I really liked Rex in, in uh, recent stuff and the Companion Cube. What game Rex was Rex for those in? people out there? Uh, if you don't know who he is, forget you. No, just no. <laughs> Mass Effect. Come on. All right. Anybody. Uh, hey, Play it. You're looking at Play why, why do you like yeah. Rex? Because he's a badass and just tells it how it is. <laughs> Devil may care. He's just like, whatever. I'm just going to tell you how it is. Snap. I'm a big freaking croc monster, dude. 
Check it out. I'll slap you in the face after. You're so eloquent, Jeff. <laughs> I'm going to stay in the um, Mass Effect franchise and talk about Garrus. Garrus is probably my favorite side character of probably all time. Like He was he was with you at Mass Effect 1 and all the way up till the end. Well, unless you kill them in certain times, but <laughs> that's Mass Effect for you. But Garrus, he was such a well-written and developed character like, I mean, uh, Kenny and all these other characters. And I just related to him so well. Like, he was very similar, had similar goals, and all those little moments where, I mean, I don't want to go into too many spoilers, but where you're just shooting cans with him or talking about the old times or the war times, it just felt so real. And the final conversation with Garrus and Shepard right before the final battle was probably one of the greatest conversations in gaming history, for me at least, because it was just, it wasn't just a random conversation that could have came off as cheesy or corny or not real. It was a conversation that was really built over three whole games. And when it finally came to the point where you were saying, like, this is it, it's like, we may not make it, we may not survive, it really felt real. And that is a sign of true character development. Yeah, I think Garrus was an awesome character. He was really smart and intelligent and introspective and also gave point of views from other characters' viewpoints. And he was he was well-rounded. So, uh, you know, I, I enjoyed him, too. I still think Rex was the best. Well, we'll fight about that. No, I'm just kidding. But uh, I like any game that has, like, the buddy system. Any game that has a companion to kind of come along with you in the journey, like uh, most recently in Dead Space, where you could have a co-op partner jumping in and out. I thought it was awesome. I mean, you always have someone there to be like, hey, come on, share this experience with me. It's great, just like how Bill likes to play with his wife. Um, <laughs> yes, Halo, he does. Hello, in Halo, <laughs> in co-op, because you share, it's a shared experience. You need to, like, come along, just like Journey. That's why Journey's so good. You don't, like, interact with them. You don't know. Interact. Well, you know, I, I've heard things. I've heard things. But anyways, um, that that kind of system, like, unspoken in Fable with you and the dog. I think that was yeah. one of the best buddies oh, you could have. I there. love that dog. Man's best friend. It was a it was a, a dog in a video game, but it felt like, hey, man, I got a dog. This is cool. Yeah, yeah. I, think, I think that's an interesting point. Well, not so much the dog, because that doesn't really fit into the other things you were saying, which is also an awesome character. But you're saying, like, yeah, playing co-op is, like, a supporting character. Well, and that's, I, that's a good point. I, and I also think uh, in The Last of Us coming up, Ellie will turn out to be, I, I have a feeling, obviously yeah, yeah, we haven't played it, or even uh, what, Elizabeth and Bioshock Infinite. Yeah, definitely. They're well, like I think those are, are two very good candidates to be great supporting characters as well. Yeah, so that's that's kind of it's just an interesting topic because there's, I mean, obviously you know the Marios and the Master Chiefs and the Commander Shepherds and all these people, but there's a lot of other characters out there that sometimes don't get the recognition they deserve, and I say it's about time we give it to them. Yep, so bye-bye. I'm, yeah. <laughs> so um, I'm actually going to be putting up an article about this soon, seeing some of my other favorite characters and honorable mentions and all this stuff, and I'd love to get your feedback. Just email us at podcast at thegamersadvocate.com or like post on our Facebook wall, Twitter, anything, and let us know who you think the greatest supporting character is. Now, pretty much wraps up our 17th episode. Uh, we want to just obviously tout our all social medias and iTunes and all that wonderful stuff. You can find us on iTunes. Search for The Gamer's Advocate. We're on Facebook. Just follow that blue shield. Not the red Facebook page. That's not us. Yep, bad stuff. Um, on Twitter, we're at Advocate Gamers. If you want to follow me, I'm at Adam Bankers. I'm at Bill Roberts-ish. I'm at Jack Whittington. <laughs> yes, he is. And yeah, we got, a, we got a lot of good stuff going on, so give us your feedback. Give us reviews. Give previews, us your money. Anything. Yeah, hey, that too. No, but we'd, we'd love to hear from you. Now, I just want to, of course, thank Jesse, a.k.a. One Stop Panda Drop, for our logo and our theme song. And uh, we're going to end the show tonight with my old partners in crime, my old band, my brothers, uh, in 8 Pound Pressure. This song is off their Volume 1, The Awakening CD. And, in fact, it's the title track, The Awakening. Uh, this is on iTunes, Amazon, and even better, go to a show, see them live, and get one direct from the fellas. Love you guys. And, uh, again, this is The Awakening. Yeah, they're pretty awesome. So thank you once again for listening and tuning in. We appreciate it more than you know. So for The Game is Advocate, I'm Adam. I'm Bill. Hey, I'm Jack. And we hope you have a great night. See you later, ding-dongs. <laughs>